From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. And welcome to the Audio Imaginarium. Come on in, weary traveler, hang your cloak on a peg, grab a stool, and come gather around the fire. There are stories to be told, and you are among friends. Talk show host, experiencer, Lorian Fenton, the producer of UFO Megacon, which is coming to Nevada, March 24th to the 30th, is standing by to tell us about the conference. And then, uh, towards the bottom of the hour, Ray Hernandez, one of the four co-founders of FREE, the Dr. Edgar Mitchell Foundation for Research into Extraterrestrial and Extraordinary Experiences, uh, he'll be one of the featured uh, presenters, and he'll join us again at the bottom of the hour, and uh, will stay with us uh, throughout hour two as well. All right, a quick programming note. Note uh, next week, uh, open lines in the first hour. Second hour, Dr. Cass Ingram will be here. Normally, the second Sunday of the month, Rosemary Ellen Guiley, our paranormal investigator, joins us, uh, but she will be traveling in the UK or is traveling, rather, in the UK, and doing all sorts of field research and so forth. So Rosemary will join us again the second Sunday starting in April. Well, I hope you enjoyed uh, Coast to Coast last night. Uh, my guests, Robert W. Sullivan IV, uh, was with me in the first hour, two hours, rather, to discuss esoteric symbolism in cinema. And uh, Maria Wheatley uh, unraveled the mysteries of Stonehenge in the second half of the program. Uh, incidentally, I'll be back on Coast to Coast Friday, March 29th and Saturday, March 30th. And speaking of coast, of course, the big host and my colleague, George Nori, will be appearing at one of the truly important UFO conferences happening these days, UFO Megacon, March 24th to the 30th in Laughlin, Nevada, and uh, here to tell us about the conference and the impressive lineup of speakers is the event producer, Lorian Fenton. Lorian is, again, the producer of UFO Megacon, and uh, she is uh, an Internet TV personality, a talk show host, and also an experiencer in her own right. Lorian, great to have you on The Conspiracy Show. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me, Richard. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. I've been doing this program at different radio stations for 20 years, and this is the first time we've spoken. Entirely my fault. No, no, not your fault. I hide in the <laughs> background. <laughs> I'm one of those people who just kind of sticks back there and, and watches everything and puts together conferences, and, you know, it's all good. I've been on Coast once before. Uh, George had me on, and we had quite a fun time, so... You know, I'm Excellent. just happy to be here and to tell everybody about UFO Megacon because it is going to be, it's very different than the other conferences. I'm not saying we're better. I'm not saying we're, you know, what you have to be at. I'm just saying it is something so different. And what we're really doing is we're going back to the roots of the original UFO conferences. My co-producer is Bob Brown, and I hope everybody remembers that name because he was the original founder of International UFO Congress when it first started back in the 90s. And they produced 23 events over about a 15-year period, and it was the hottest thing going because at that time, we didn't have the Internet. We didn't have uh, TV shows. We didn't have anything around what the alien contact situation was at the time. So they were the hottest thing going. And you know what the coolest thing about all those conferences, Richard, was the fact that 
all of the people you see now on stages at all the other conferences started on the stage at International UFO Congress years and years ago. Um, right, most of them, right. I'd say 95% of them. So, sure, that was yeah, the conference. But one of the things that makes UFO MegaCon a little different, if I understand it correctly, is that all of the speakers, they're either experiencers or they're heavy into the research. Correct, correct. They have to be. That's the criteria. We're not just putting people on stage, and this is nothing against the TV shows, again, folks, nothing against the YouTube people, nothing against the other conferences. But what we're doing is we're making it so that every presentation is a brand-new presentation given to the public that they've never given before. In other words, new research, new things, new um New discoveries, you know, new things that have happened to them since they've had contact originally. Maybe they've been on stage a lot over the last few years and their contact is changing. And so they proposed to us, let me tell people what's happened since the military got involved with my contact, you know, that type of thing. And uh, so it's just going to be very uh, different than the other conferences. And I'm hoping that people understand that this is the way we kind of feel that we're really kind of laying down the the groundwork for that going into the future. People aren't like, and I don't know how to say this politely, but they aren't hoodwinked by a lot of things that may or may not be true. For at least our speakers, what's happening is they're telling us their truth. And I think that's super, super important in this day and age because we have so many hoaxers out there and so many people infiltrating, and I, I use that word kind of lightly, infiltrating the UFO community to, you know, make a buck or get on a TV show or, you know, whatever it may be these days. So I'm really trying to kind of weed through that and get back to the nuts and bolts of what is going on in the UFO community and totally sharing everybody's experiences with each other. And, you know, there's I think a lot of a- other conferences out there that do a very good job at that as well, but, but, but by you know, proposing that you can only give us new information, it cuts out so many people out of the mix. You know? Right. So and I, I think it's important people. because now more than ever, it's time to start pushing the needle rather than just spinning wheels. Uh, because you're right. Exactly. You do hear a lot of yeah. the same stories over and over again. And people are particularly since a year ago, December, with the, the New York Times story and, and people really getting a taste or a sense that, you know, a, a real disclosure is possible. It's, and now people are paying attention in the media. Uh, so Absolutely. they are, you know, it's time to be on our sort of best behavior and provide data, provide, you know, concrete, uh, information and provide new and fresh material. Absolutely, yeah. Um, the the other parts of this is free is very involved with this. He's also got the first two or three days, and I'm so thankful you're having Ray on after me tonight on the show because he really um, they've done their scientific research into every kind of modality there is for contact right now, and how it's happening, how the con how the contactees are all the same in one area or different in another, and uh, what we're we're trying to do through the Free Foundation right now is get. Get it to the point where we see commonality and where we can start understanding what's really going on here. And there's one other piece to this, Richard. I know you're a conspiracy guy, right? Oh, yes. We're a, a yes? full-service okay. program. Yes. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, let me just say one sentence to you, and I want everybody to think about this. 
why is it that at other events, and I'm not going to name names or go through the list, but why is it at other events that people who have never had contact, never written a book on it, don't know anything about aliens, never seen a spaceship, never seen a UFO, never seen a UAP or whatever we want to call them. Um, right. How come they're on stage telling other people what it's all about? That's what I'm trying to figure out. How did we get to that point? Do you think it's a conspiracy? Well, there's a there's a part of that. There's certainly whenever you have some sort of a movement, there is an attempt to infiltrate and manipulate and move it in a certain direction for whatever reason. But there is also the almighty dollar, and you alluded to this earlier. This is a huge field now. It's become popular. It's the late-night television airwaves are littered with programs. So everyone wants to get in on it. That's the way commerce works. So I wouldn't ascribe nefarious motives to everyone who doesn't necessarily belong on the stage. There is the infiltration. There's no doubt. There are disinfo agents out there. Yeah, yeah, I think so. But I also, it just kind of, it, it just always struck me as weird that I go to a UFO conference and somebody out on stage has never had contact or seen a UFO. <laughs> what? <laughs> Does that make any sense to anybody, you know? But it's very interesting. So we're just trying to get back to the, the roots of it all. I wish I had been born in the, you know, 30s and 40s so I could have been a teenager about the time Giant Rock was happening and uh, Adamski was up on the top of that uh, platform screaming for the Space Brothers. You know, <laughs> right, right. I think they were pretty real back then. You know, uh, it's just—it's always intrigued me about the whole UFO community and and what we consist of. And there's a lot of so many good people in it. I mean, there's just so many contactees and so many people seeking the truth. And see, that sets us apart from every other kind of community out there because it really is a spiritual community. People are looking for answers to things that have happened to them. And that's another thing we're going to be doing at UFO MegaCon that's never been done before except for once. And we are instead of having one big experiencer group like a lot of the other conferences had, and, and God bless them for even doing it. I really I do bless them for that because it's not an easy thing to admit to the community that you've got to have a group for these people because they are special. They have been contacted. They are, you know, they need help and support and they need to understand what's happened to them. And it's an enigma. It's it's really hard to get your finger on what's going on. And so by having the experiencer groups, it's a wonderful thing. But what we're going to do is we're going to break down the experiencer group into categories. So let's, I'm going to tell you a funny story, Richard. I was at a big experiencer group at a conference, and I'm sitting there, and the guy next to me says, yeah, I saw a space, you know, a triangle spacecraft, and it was so cool. And and I said, yeah, I've had some strange contact. I had a woman come through my wall when I was in an out-of-body state and talk to me. And then the lady next to me says, and it was just hysterically funny at the time. I don't know if it's funny now, but she says, yes, I have a, a husband who's a reptilian, and we have a relationship, and we're basically married. <laughs> All right. <Okay. laughs> what do you do with that? They're very different. Everybody has a different interpretation of what's going on to them. And, yes, of course, it's all very, very different. Some people are abducted. Some people want to contact. I mean, it's just how do you perceive it, right? So right. we decided we're going to get four different therapists in there at the same time doing four different types of groups. So if you've seen a ship, you go to one group. 
if you're having contact with greys and reptilians and mantoids or what are their mantis beings or whatever they're called, you go to another group. And if you've um, had contact with angels or higher dimensional beings or um, ascended masters, you can go to a different group. If you're a hybrid mother and you've got children, I call them my space babies. If the space babies people are there, they're going to go to that group. And so they'll have different groups every day that you can go to so you're not sitting there for an hour listening to everybody's very different and very varying story. So All I right, so let, let's get some uh, some details again on UFO Megacon. Uh, tell us the particulars, how to register, and so forth. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yes, definitely. Go to ufomegacon.com. That's ufomegacon.com. And what I really highly recommend you guys do, first of all, when you get to the webpage, notice that we have uh, the creator of Project Blue Book coming in for the first time ever at an educational conference. He's going to be interviewed by George Knapp, which will be quite fun. That will be on our Saturday night banquet. And then we also have um, the military whistleblowers or witnesses to the Princeton and Nimitz event that's going to be happening on Wednesday night. And it's going to be very different than what people think it is because these guys have not told people what has happened since the Tic Tac event. And it's been extraordinary what's happened to them. Um, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to spill the beans now. But basically, these guys have had really extraordinary things happen. And I believe, and this is my opinion, that the military is monitoring all those people because many of them have had extraordinary contacts since they that sighting and that incident. So they're going to tell you all kinds of things you've never heard before on CNN or, you know, any of these other places where these guys have popped up. And we got ones that have never spoken out before. We've got different guys from the military that have never talked about this. So it's going to be really, really cool. And then we've got, um, oh, Melinda Leslie's coming. She's doing her Skywatch experience, which is going to be really, really fun. And uh, I'm trying to get back to the page. I went away for it for a second. So give me one second. Okay. Oh, military. Oh, yeah. Oh, here's something that you guys are going to love. John Lear has not been at a conference for at least 15 to 20 years that we know of, and we convinced him and lovingly are going to drive him down from Las Vegas where he lives <laughs> to Laughlin, Nevada, and he's going to be interviewed by Kerry Cassidy at Project Camelot, and they're going to be on right. stage on Sunday evening. And uh, let's see what else we got. Oh, God, George Norrie. I'm going to be on the of panel course. for Who's Telling the Truth. It's going to be great. Oh, fascinating. Um, yeah. Now, listen, I want to ask you about my fellow countryman, a man who is who really is credited with uh, with creating reality television, John Barber. Oh, John. He's one of my best friends. I love the man dearly. Big kisses to John if he's listening tonight. <laughs> yes, he's coming up. Uh, he's going to do my show. We're going to do it live in studio in, in April. Oh, wonderful. You know, I, I'm telling you... I put the, okay, I, now I'm getting all excited because I'm a big JFK buff. I mean, huge. And John knows this, and we've known each other for years about this. I used to produce the conferences in Dallas, Texas on the, uh, the 1122 weekends. And right. I met John there, and I watched his movie. And, folks, I'm telling you, the American media and the second assassination of JFK is probably one of the best movies I've ever seen in my entire life about the assassination. And what the very interesting part to it and because people kept saying what is john barber's film doing at a ufo conference and i said right you watch this film and you will see it parallels 
the hidden agenda behind the cover-up of UFOs, just like they did the JFK assassination. It's, it's almost identical. So I want everybody to understand that it's all connected. The JFK assassination, UFOs, I mean, we do know that JFK was going to announce about the UFO uh, issue, and uh, he was working with Khrushchev at the time, and he was going to try to get a space program together with them, and they didn't want The military, the NASA, you know, Texas, Houston, they did not want this to happen. So there's a lot of reasons JFK died, and I always, people ask me all the time, who shot him? And I said, who didn't shoot him? It was everybody. It was the mob. It was, you know, the CIA, the FBI, the, you know, you That's name right. it. They were involved, right? Yeah, I, but, I always say that the only person who didn't have a gun that day in Dealey Plaza was Lady Bird Johnson. But who knows? <laughs> <laughs> well, she might have. She might have. Exactly. No, you're right, though. Everyone was lined you know? up. Exactly. Uh, you, yeah, you're also going to be, uh, in addition to John's it, film, you're going to be screening some other films. Tell me about uh, some of those. Oh, yes. David Adair's film it is um, the America, America's Fall from Space. And it's all about David and his life and what he's accomplished. And because uh, David Adair, a very interesting guy, um, a lot of people don't know this about him, but he he was um, Office of Naval Intelligence for a long time, and he's been to NAM. He's done a lot of things that people don't know about. And there was a time in his life when um, there were a lot of people in the UFO community that were detractors of his that said that he didn't do what he said he did. And so he got together a film, and he brought all these people together that knew exactly what he did and how he accomplished it and what happened and made a film about it. And it's really extraordinary because I had no idea what David had done in his lifetime, and it's it's mind-boggling. Uh, one of the things that people don't know about is that David designed the space camps for NASA. He did, oh. he did the original one, and then after that, all the you know, they built them after that, but he designed them and uh, instigated the first one. So that's just one of the things. So he's an amazing guy, and he really deserves the credit for everything he's done in his life. We're, we're showing that. We're also going to be showing the Nimitz film that um, uh, Mr. Beatty has done that's part. He's doing a documentary about all these guys that were involved in the Nimitz uh, uh, Princeton Tic Tac event, and he's right. going to put out his film for us to see as it's going along. It's basically just kind of a pre-screening of his, um, which is going to be a major documentary when he gets done with it. But for right now, it's just about 20 or 30 minutes. It's a short. And that'll be interesting. And then let's see, what else are we doing? Um, I don't think there's any more movies. I think we've only got three right now. Oh, no. How about the, uh, very quickly, the implant scanning, uh, which is available? Oh, yeah, implant scanning. Steve Colbert. He used to work with Dr. Roger Lear, who was the one and only um, physician in the United States. He was a podiatrist, but he would take them out of any place in your body. And he would remove implants. And Stephen worked with him his entire career. And he has all kinds of equipment. He has this big black booth that you go in and you get scanned and you get um, uh, black light filters on your body. And just, I mean, it's wild. It takes about an hour and a half to go through. And you get a, like a 50-page report when it's all done about the metals in your body and the things that he, he's discovered. And it's wild, folks. you really got to sign up to do that. I'm going to be putting up on the web page within the next 24 hours his sign-up sheets for the week. So you can start signing up right now to get your scans if you want them. So again, March 24th to the 30th in Laughlin, Nevada. And um, how close is that to Las Vegas, by the way? It's about uh, 
86 miles. It's about an hour and a half drive if you take your time. If you're like me, you can get there in an hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And very quickly beware. again, uh, Lorian, how do people register? They go to ufomegacon.com, check out the ticket page. We have all kinds of packages. There's going to be announcements in the next 24 hours about some little we call junket flights that are going to the Riverside Hotel that land in Lostland, and they're from different airports all over the United States. That will be announced soon, too. There's all different prices, small prices for days. Get a package deal with meals and the whole bit, too. So it's just it's very affordable. Lorian, great finally meeting you, and thank you so much for this. Thank you. I really appreciate it, and hi to Ray, and I hope you guys have a great rest of the show. All right, terrific. Lorian Fenton, UFO Megacon producer. Ray Hernandez is standing by next, one of the co-founders of FREE, the Edgar Mitchell Foundation for Research into Extraterrestrial Extraordinary Experiences, right here on The Conspiracy Show. Don't go away. Where there's smoke... There's The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Hey, welcome back to The Conspiracy Show. And uh, hey, just a reminder, if you haven't already done so, please check out my podcast, Conspiracy Unlimited. Conspiracy Unlimited new episodes drop every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And you can listen and subscribe at Conspiracy Unlimited podcast.com. All right. Uh, great meeting, uh, Lorian Fenton earlier, the producer of UFO Megacon, of course, happening in Laughlin, Nevada, coming up very quickly, March 24th to the 30th, and a whole host of uh, terrific speakers, experiencers, and researchers. And my next guest is actually both. Uh, Ray Hernandez is one of the four co-founders of FREE. That's the Dr. Edgar Mitchell Foundation for Research into Extraterrestrial and Extraordinary Experiences. Ray has published several peer-reviewed academic articles for Consciousness and the Free Experiencer Research Study, was a co-editor of an 820-page book titled Beyond UFOs, The Science of Consciousness and Contact with Non-Human Intelligence. Ray Hernandez, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. How are you? Thank you for that wonderful introduction. I'm very well. Let me begin, if I might, with your experience, because this is a rather unusual one, but it's also kind of interesting in, in the timing, because I just had Preston Dennett on one of my programs earlier, and uh, recently, rather, and he just wrote an entire book about uh, UFO healings. And, and this is really at the center of your experience, but it didn't involve you. It, 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 it involved a family pet. Tell me about it. That's correct. Just uh, for your audiences to know, Chapter 6 of our 120-page book had a co-authored chapter by Preston Dennett and Dr. Joseph Brooks, who's a retired medical doctor, and they uh, illustrated 12 case studies from our book from the more than 1,000 individuals that stated that they had uh, a medical healing by UFO-related non-human intelligence. Um, and, and just as you stated, that's how my first experience began. Uh, this was in uh, March of 2012. Um, a little bit about my background. Um, I went to Cornell for a master's. I went to Berkeley for a Ph.D. I was a university professor for six years, and now I'm, um, uh, I'm a tax attorney in Miami. Um, I had zero interest in these topics and the paranormal, UFOs, you name it. Um, every one of you... I was interested in these topics were all kooks and crazies. 
until um, one day um, our 15-year-old Jack Russell Terrier uh, became uh, totally paralyzed. My, uh, we called our vet. We had arranged to euthanize our, our pet the very next day. My wife was born and raised in Mexico and was a hardcore Catholic, began praying all night. And then in the morning, this energy being appeared that uh, in front of me made my wife and dog disappear, uh, put me to sleep. And then when I woke up uh, 45 minutes later, uh, my wife was celebrating in the middle of the living room, uh, and the dog was running around, uh, totally healed. Um, so needless to say, uh, it felt like uh, uh, I had an explosion <laughs> in my mind. My, it was a total shock of, of my reality. That was in 2012. How much longer did your Jack Russell live after that? Oh, uh, she lived about 11 and a half months after that. And uh, again, she lived like a, like a teenager. Uh, before that experience, she had uh, rheumatoid arthritis, so she couldn't run, she couldn't jump. She was walking uh, very gingerly. Um, she had uh, heart problems, so she couldn't, uh, um, you know, uh, move for very long distances. Uh, she was like a 95-year-old lady. But then after that experience, she was like, you know, we can go jogging with her. <laughs> so it really was a miracle. And after that, there were subsequent experiences? Yes. Uh, my experiences lasted for approximately another two years, and they were pretty much nonstop. It was one after the other. We would have to spend numerous shows to go over all of these experiences. But um, it, it was getting to the point where I began to drink. I had thoughts of that I was losing my sanity. I knew that I was not insane because my wife was having very similar experiences during this time period, and my daughter had seen a huge UFO with me right outside the house. So I knew the entire family could not be all of us mentally unstable at the same time. Obviously, that changed the trajectory of your life. So how oh, then yes. do you go from that and your background to hooking up with Dr. Edgar Mitchell's foundation? Well, what had happened was the Dr. Edgar Mitchell Foundation for your audience members it's a 501c3 academic research institute. It was co-founded by the late Apollo astronaut, Dr. Edgar Mitchell, Harvard astrophysicist, Dr. Rudy Shields, who also will be speaking at the Lorian's conference in Laughlin, and also Mary Rodwell, who is probably the world's number one researcher of experiencers. We also brought on board numerous retired PhD academics, such as Dr. John Klimo, who was a tenured faculty member of psychology, and his focus was the paranormal. He was the co-chair of our research committee. And Dr. Bob Davis, who is a retired professor of neuroscience at the State University of New York. Um, Dr. Claude Swanson, who's a PhD physicist from Princeton. Dr. Dean Radin. I could go on and on and on and on, all these PhDs associated with us. And, um, and um, our organization, just for your audience members, uh, in order to understand is that we are not a ufology organization. Uh, we're not interested in, in investigating particular UFO, the nuts and bolts approach. Uh, our mission, our focus is to research what is the relationship between consciousness, the, the, the nature of our multidimensional reality, and how we uh, as humans interact with what we are calling the contact modalities how uh, we are interacting with non-human intelligence via the contact modalities. And the contact modalities are all the different ways that humans are piercing the veil and having contact with non-human intelligence, i.e., 
uh, UFO contact, near-death experiences, out-of-body experiences, uh, channeling, remote viewing, CE5, um, with ghosts and spirits, um, shamanic hallucinogenic journeys. We all believe that all of these phenomena are all interrelated, that they have a common source, which is the manipulation of space-time, and therefore they need to be studied as one phenomenon instead of individually. So that's what, what, uh, what our approach is. And the reason why we did this first study, uh, uh, our book is titled Beyond UFOs, The Science of Consciousness in Contact with Non-Human Intelligence, um, because in order to be able to compare, you, you, people have had UFO-related type of contact with the people who have had NDEs, OBEs, et cetera, et cetera, uh, we need to be able to compare data, actually academically derived quantitative data of this phenomenon. And there will, has, uh, was never a comprehensive academic study of this phenomenon before. Our research study is the first such study that's comprehensive, administered on a worldwide basis, that asks um, numerous types of questions uh, that had never before been asked in ufology. We administered it in a worldwide basis, um, and we received in the English language survey uh, more than 4,200 responses from individuals from 100 countries. And what is uh, very striking is that uh, much of our research findings totally contradicts what is uh, circulating in the field of uh, nuts and bolts mainstream ufology. Oh, that's, I want to get into some of that, uh, and we yeah. and we will uh, in the remainder of this hour and then on into the next hour. But I just wanted to, to circle back on something you said, and we're heading into a break here shortly. So once the music starts to percolate, we'll, we'll break and come back to it. But uh, when we're talking about non-human intelligent beings, um, and but one of the, the phenomena you're also looking into are uh, NDEs, near-death experiences. So how do you differentiate? How does one differentiate? One, someone has an NDE and uh, they they have some sort of contact with an intelligent being. How do you determine if we're talking about non-human or, let's say, the, the spirit or the soul of, of humans that have passed on? Okay. The, the, uh, what we determined in our research study is that the individuals that are UFO contact experiencers – these are people that have seen UFOs, okay, and have had some type of contact with non-human intelligence. What we found out was that the overwhelmingly majority, more than 85% of these individuals, were having a vast array of paranormal experiences, okay? What is circulating in ufology is just, you know, abductions and implants and, you know, these types of physical uh, components. What we determined is that these types of physical experiences is a very small sliver of the uh, UFO contact phenomenon. In fact, it's the paranormal and the psychic type of experiences were overwhelmingly the most common type of experiences. Jacques Vallée even stated, you know, 40 years ago, that he believed that these experiences were not necessarily extraterrestrial in nature, that these were multidimensional in nature. Alan Hynek, towards the end of his life, Right at the tail end, he also reached the same conclusion. These are the same conclusions of Dr. Edgar Mitchell, Dr. Rudy Shield, Claude Swanson, Dean Radin, Dr. John Klima, all of the members of our board of directors. Um, so we're talking high-level scientists that have studied these phenomena 
Um, and also, for example, Dr. Raymond Moody and Dr. Jeffrey Long. Um, as a matter of fact, both of them uh, are going to be on our board of directors because both of them also believe that uh, the NDAE phenomenon has so many similarities to the UFO contact phenomenon. And I could go into some right. of those details later on. And we shall. Ray Hernandez stays with us and one of the other uh, co-founders of Free as we talk about uh, UFOs, non-human intelligent beings, and consciousness right here on The Conspiracy Show. Don't go away. This is no place for the naive or the faint-hearted. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. And a welcome back. Ray Hernandez is my guest, and he is one of the featured speakers at UFO Megacon, the immersion event, which is happening March 24th to the 30th at the Aquarius Hotel in Laughlin, Nevada. And uh, you can register at ufomegacon.com, ufomegacon.com. Lorian Fenton, the producer, joined us earlier, and uh, Ray with us now and... Um, into the next hour as well, we will incidentally, after the top of the hour, open up the phone lines and take questions and comments. Uh, Ray is one of the four co-founders of Free. That's the Dr. Edgar Mitchell, of course, the sixth man to walk on the moon, the Dr. Edgar Mitchell Foundation for Research into Extraterrestrial and Extraordinary Experiences, and uh, he has published several peer-reviewed academic articles on consciousness and the Free Experiencer Research Study, which we'll get into as well. He was co-editor of an 820-page book titled Beyond UFOs, The Science of Consciousness and Contact with Non-Human Intelligence. Uh, and uh, I wanted to go back to my original question before the break, Ray. We weren't quite finished there. And you're talking about how uh, Raymond Moody, of course, uh, who has done incredible research into uh, NDEs, uh, is going to be a, a, a board member at, uh, at Free. But I'm, I'm curious again, how do you make the distinction? If someone has an NDE, uh, and, and they, they have contact with some entity, how do we determine, or how do you determine, or is it even important whether we're talking about some interdimensional or, or simply, I guess, from a more spiritual religious point of view, that person is Perhaps the, the the soul or the spirit of of, a, of a, a family member that has passed away, so they are a human intelligence. Uh, well, an NDE, uh, by definition, is is usually associated with individuals that have either been uh, died, been clinically dead, um, or individuals that are uh, are near death, um, and so that's the distinguishment. But what I want to focus on is how are they similar? Not me, is our organization. How are they similar? Um, in terms of um, Jeffrey Long, Jeffrey Long will be on our board, but Raymond Moody remains an advisor uh, 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 to free, okay. together, together with Dr. Kenneth Ring, very famous um, NDE researcher um, as well. Um, now, let's go over some of the similarities. Uh, but first, let me preface this by saying that uh, in our survey, we asked uh, a question um, whether an individual was transported to a multidimensional reality. Uh, we called it a matrix reality, and then in our survey, we gave it uh, a definition, a formal definition. 
uh, similar like the Jodie Fo- uh, Foster's movie uh, Contact. I don't know if you've seen that. Oh, uh, yes, many, several times. Many years yes. ago. Yes, okay. Um, we had almost double the number of people that been brought to this matrix reality than individuals that have had an abduction. Okay? Again, that's something that ufology just doesn't talk about, but the researchers of experiencers know that that was a, a very, very prevalent phenomenon. We were able to quantify it. Okay? It was almost, almost double the number of people that have had abduction type of experiences. Okay? So both these experiences being brought to a matrix reality is almost identical to a near-death experience. Now, let's look at the, some of the similarities. Okay. The, the types of beings that are seen in an NDE, uh, number one is a spirit or energy being, okay, human-looking beings, and ghost or spirits, okay? And those are the three, three out of the four type of entities that are seen by UFO contact experiencers. From our survey, we were able to identify that energy beings were the number one type of being at 55%. Okay? That's the number one type of being identified in a near-death experience. Number two, the human-looking beings. 52% of the people in our survey said that, that, uh, that they saw human-looking beings. Okay? Now, the, the, uh, the type of being that is not seen in the NDE is the grays. Okay? Uh, 51% saw small grays. Uh, in the UFO-related contact experiences. Um, however, the UFO contact experiencers also, 46% of them, uh, are seeing ghosts and spirits, okay? And that's the third major prevalent type of being that are seen in an NDE. Now, communication. How does communication take place uh, uh, with both phenomena? Telepathically, okay? NDEs, you never hear... Someone, the thousands of people have had NDEs experiences, talk about um, any uh, either the energy being or the human-looking being or the spirit being, flap their gums, you know, and talk with their mouth. No, right, it's all right. mind-to-mind, just like the UFO contact phenomenon. It's mind-to-mind, okay? Also, when people return with an NDE, same thing with people have close encounters with UFO-related non-human intelligence, they return with increased ESP. They in a return with increased precognition skills. They are seeing energy auras around individuals, okay? Both groups uh, talk about the susceptibility to electronic devices, okay? Um, in terms of the um, medical healings, okay? The whole NDE literature is, is, is uh, filled with medical healings of the NDE experiences. The most famous one is Anita Morgan. Ray, I'm going to, pardon the interruption, I'm going to jump in. This was a short segment. We'll come back and we'll talk about, uh, again, some of the commonalities between NDEs and the alien abduction uh, phenomenon. Ray Hernandez, one of the featured speakers at UFO Megacon and one of the four co-founders of FREE, Dr. Edgar Mitchell's Foundation for Research into Extraterrestrial and Extraordinary Experiences. More after this on The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. When in doubt, blame the government. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Welcome back. Ray Hernandez is with us, one of the featured speakers at this year's UFO Megacon happening in Laughlin, Nevada, March 24th to the 30th. And of he is, of course, one of the four co-founders of Free, Dr. Edgar Mitchell's Foundation for Research 
into extraterrestrial and extraordinary experiences, uh, researching the connection between consciousness and um, uh, many of these uh, contact phenomena uh, that include alien abductions, uh, near-death experiences, remote viewing. We'll get into that in a moment. But we were discussing the commonalities between uh, uh, the NDE and the uh, the alien abduction phenomenon. And you were talking about an enhancement or or the development of psychic ability in both of these cases. Uh, did you want to expand on that? Yeah, let me just correct you, Richard. Uh, this is not about abduction studies. This is about UFO-related contact with non-human intelligence. What we discovered in our research is that the abduction uh, phenomenon only occurs with one-third of these individuals. That's it. The other two-thirds have seen UFOs, have had contact with non-human intelligence, but have never had an abduction. So this is a fallacy. This is constantly being spread in the field of ufology, um, which is constantly referring this as abduction studies. Um, uh, if, if, you're, if people keep on calling it abduction research, then you're missing two-thirds of people that are having these experiences. Right. My, no, my intention was that the to, to demonstrate what you're researching is the commonality sort of across the spectrum, whether it's alien abductions, any form of, of contact, but also with things like remote viewing, NDEs, out-of-body experiences, yeah, yeah, and so yeah, forth. Yeah, right. correct. Yeah. Um, um, no, but I just want to get that point out, you know, that, that we need to be able to change our verbiage away from abduction research to research of individuals that have had UFO-related contact experiences. Now, another major um, similarity you had alluded earlier to, to Preston Dennett, and that is um, our research uh, indicated that 50% of the people that answered our question have you had, or a member of your family, had a UFO-related medical healing? Half of the people said yes. These are huge numbers, okay? And I encourage everyone uh, to go to our website. Our website is consciousnessandcontact.org, consciousnessandcontact.org. We have available for free various chapters from our book. One is uh, Chapter 1, which is an analysis of our uh, quantitative uh, data, it's a 120-page analysis, and then the other chapter that we have is a chapter on medical healings, um, uh, co-authored by Preston Dennett and retired medical doctor Dr. Joseph Burks. Now, if 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 individuals are familiar with the NDE research, they will understand that one of the major components of NDE research is the phenomenon of medical healing. I just came from filming, uh, we had a documentary crew, filming Raymond Moody and Dr. Jeffrey Long. These are two of the five major um, NDE researchers in the world. And both of them agreed that that was a major component of the NDE phenomenon. And the most well-known case study is Anita Morjani, who was returned from her NDE, and she was told by an energy being that she called God, that she was completely healed of her cancer. To tell the doctors not to undergo any, you know, radiation therapy or any other cancer treatment because it's not needed. So when she was uh, woke up after her lengthy coma, uh, after her NDE, she told the doctors that, and the doctors said, "Don't worry about it. You, you know, you're on your your deathbed. Any second now, you're gonna 
you're not going to come back. You're going to die this time. So we're not going to give you anything. <laughs> and lo and behold, two weeks later, they, they began to do all these series of studies because he was having this miraculous uh, recuperation. And they did not detect any cancer in her body. So, but yet the whole NDE literature is filled with hundreds of these types of case studies. And we discovered that as well in our data. Also, there's a manipulation of space-time uh, in both experiences, whereas um, individuals are taken in an NDE, and lo and behold, they get returned. They think they're up there for many years or many months um, or, you know, many, many days. But yet, uh, for example, like in my father's case, he had an NDE. He went in for open-heart surgery. But when he came back, um, he thought he was gone for 20 or 30 years because that's how long God took to show him uh, his life review. He relived all the good and bad things that he had encountered. And so I asked that question to Raymond Moody and Jeffrey Long, and they both said that, yes, that's an extremely common phenomenon where individuals think that uh, they're in this other reality for uh, much, much longer, even in many cases, years. Uh, right. Uh, you mentioned the life review, uh, Ray, if I could just interject here for a moment, yeah. because I, I don't know if that is a, another commonality, but we, we, we often hear people talking about a life review during an NDE, but also, uh, in some alien contact scenarios, people talk about being in a room with a large projector. Sometimes they're shown the environmental degradation of the planet Earth, but sometimes do they see some sort of a life review? Is that a commonality? Yes, that's where I was going with this. <laughs> you, you, you beat me to it. <laughs> In terms of the manipulation of space-time, with the UFO contact experiences, people are visually being showing holographic images of what the Earth is going to look like if we don't change our ways, okay? Uh, that's uh, the more common type of, um, of, of, of manipulation, of being shown the future. But also yes. a lot of people in these experiences, the UFO contact experiences, are shown glimpses of their life, of what they have did, the good and the bad and the ugly. And then they're taught a spiritual lesson based off what they were shown. Okay. So those are not very common. What's more common is the, the holographic uh, projections of what the earth is going to look like. Uh, people are, are seeing it as if they're there, as, as if they're in that, uh, that, that, um, that, that, that planet, that earth planet, uh, being totally destroyed. Just like people uh, are being shown their past uh, with an NDE, so even though it's different phenomenon, it's the same concept. They're uh, they're taken outside of space time, being brought to another reality where they are reliving uh, images of the past and images of the future. I want to get into some of the other modalities, and we're coming up on a, a break here, top of the hour. We will open the phone lines and take questions and comments. Uh, for Ray Hernandez. Again, we're not looking for your your um, UFO sighting, but we are talking about some of the commonalities uh, between, for example, NDEs, out-of-body experiences, remote viewing, uh, other paranormal experiences. And um, before, as we head into the break, let me ask you quickly, and, and just I'll get a short response here. Do you have a handle yet on why some people experience something as 
more of a, a near-death experience and other people experience it as what they perceive to be some sort of alien contact. Is it cultural? What's going on there? No, no, it's not cultural because we're doing the survey in many different languages um, all over the world. Like we stated before, um, our English language survey, we have participants from more than 100 countries. So uh, these um, the responses are very consistent. <clears throat> in terms of you know what is going on really behind all of this phenomenon, um, no one can really tell you at this point. At this point, we're just trying to understand what questions to ask, because this is an extremely extremely complicated phenomenon. You know, Jack Belay, Edgar Mitchell, uh, they, they all stated. Uh, this as well. We've got another hour coming with Ray Hernandez. Your questions and comments as well. The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Don't go away. <laughs> 